Ahoy everybody! Thank you for tuning in to Airborne Entrepreneur! Hi, it's Alex and thank you for tuning in to my podcast again. Today I have a very special guest and my friend. Uh, Kim Epton, and uh, why I invited him was because he's probably the only person that I know with that wide range of uh, experience in a lot of different areas. And uh, it's coming from adventure, through business, traveling, a lot of challenges and setbacks he overcome. It's really huge, a lot of things that we can talk about today. And uh, also the one thing that uh, when we met, he was probably the first person that believed in me when I moved to Australia. And it was really nice. And uh, yeah, I would like to um, introduce Kim Epton. And uh, I'm really happy I'm having you with me and my podcast today. And I will give you your time now. And if you can probably start with, with the time when we met. Yeah, good morning, Alexandra. I don't call you Alexandra very much, do I? <laughs> good morning. Um, yeah, at the, at the time we met, I was the chairman of the Avon Descent, for a lot of people may not know, but the, the Avon is one of the biggest uh, sporting events, adventure events in Western Australia. It's uh, coming up for 50 years in a few years' time, a couple of years' time. It's, it's a, a very big event, a lot bigger than uh, a few years ago, but, you know, the climate change and whatever is, is affecting it. Um, I was the chairman at the time. I've been involved since the very beginning. I missed the first year I was over in Europe but I've done every other year since that. And we were looking for a, um, an event coordinator and Alex uh, fitted the bill and she uh, was the event coordinator for um, two years, three, well, with me two years, but then uh, went on and did another two years after I stepped down as the chairman. And I think um, Alex, that was, uh, that was a good time in your life. It, it introduced you to Western Australia and, and um, I'm, I'm really glad we met. I look, at a, I look at a card that you gave me, a little business card that you gave me at Christmas, I think it was, and, and I, I <laughs> smile every time I read that. Um, yeah, you were so pleased that uh, you were able to get a foothold into uh, corporate Western Australia via the Avon Descent. Yeah, I think I was also blessed that you are, you're the person that was challenging me. That means you became uh, my mentor. And uh, you challenged my language, my English, <laughs> what was really great because you are a writer and you are actually editor. That means you, you actually are involved in, uh, I will say, art of language. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was really nice to, to listen the things that you say, you know, what I should say differently. And when you, when you teach me, when you told me how to pronounce, announce, <laughs> how to speak slower. No, it was, it was really, def definitely you helped me so much at the beginning. And um, that's why we probably also became really good friends. And uh, I really appreciate it. But I would like to talk about a lot of things today. I don't know where we will go, where, where the conversation well, will well, take us. Let's, let's start about that, your, your language. At the very first uh, few months, I wouldn't let you send out emails until <laughs> you ran them by me. But you're quite competent to send out emails now. You, the, um, your, your growth has been uh, spectacular. But yeah, I'm, I'm most of my, well, all of my uh, language abilities, and, uh, such as they are, is all self-taught, a lot of reading. Yeah. Uh, let, let's talk about Avon Descent a little bit, because people don't know what is Avon Descent. And I know it's, uh, what is, 48 years already uh, this yeah, year. And uh, it's longest Australian white water event. And I think that's something amazing because there are power boats involved and you were in power dinghy club. I guess I remember that you were setting up the dinghy club with someone at the beginning. That means you were basically like a probably startup with all that Avon Descent. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, the, the Avon Descent, it's a, it's a uh, wild water race, hundred uh, and 34 kilometres from Northern down to Perth and it drops down over the Darling Scarp. So there's some, some big rapids and it's quite spectacular viewing. Uh, it's the only race in the world where there's powercraft and paddlecraft together. Uh, that has some challenges over the years. Um, but, you know, we, we separate the, um, the two classes or two disciplines by different start times, etc. But they still clash the fast power boats catch up to the slow paddle boats on the, on the second day. 
but it, it, it's, a, it's certainly a unique event uh, worldwide. Um, yeah, I, I was uh, one of the founders of the Powered Indy Racing Club in, in 1978. And as I said, I've been involved with the, the uh, Avon Descent since 1974, missed the first year. Um, they all just fade into, into, into one now. I mean, I, yeah. I can remember a few key years. Um, but yeah, certainly it, it's been getting tougher, you know, the lack of water sometimes with, um, I suppose it's climate change, who knows. Um, and uh, this year looks like it's going ahead with uh, even with COVID-19 being on the wane here in Western Australia. Uh, yeah. we're, we're still planning that it'll go ahead. Um, and I was a chairman there for a couple of years. Um, health reasons, I had to step down. Uh, I'm still involved. Uh, I'm, I'm the deputy race director and the powerboat starter this year. Yeah. It's one of those things that you just do, you know, and, and, and I think if you speak to a lot of people, well, I'd say everybody involved in the Avon Ascent, it's, it's part of their life. It's what they do uh, yeah. first weekend in August. Um, yeah. You know, it's just something they do. Yeah, I'm more curious about that start, like how power dinghy. It, it is not something that you can even buy. Like how yeah. did you... <laughs> Came to that. Well, that came as a direct, direct result of the of the Avon. The, the Avon was started by by four guys that uh, over a couple of weekends took a powerboat uh, down through the valley, the Avon Valley. They left the boat there and walked out, um, and then went back the next weekend, found their boat, and, and went on down. So then they put it through to the Northern Progress Association, Northern Tourist uh, Bureau, that hey, this could be something that we could you know get people into Northern. So they started a race um, with powerboats and and, and paddlecraft. And then the, uh, it just developed from there, the club, the Powdiggy Racing Club, and, and a lot of other powerboat races have resulted on the Blackwood River, which is in, in the southern part of Western Australia. Yeah. Um, so there's, there's a full season of races that it all, it all emanated from uh, the Avon Descent. And as you, as you uh, indicated, there, you can't just walk in, like you can with a, with a, a, a ski or, or a, a kayak, you can just walk in and buy one off the shelf, but uh, you can't do that with a, with a powerboat, everybody, that's involved, they, they custom make them. They spend hours out in the shed each night leading up to the to the event and um, getting their gear ready and, and they're custom made. These guys are world-class, the top top 10 uh, performers, um, they're, they're world-class. They're pretty to watch when they're going through a rapid um, at, at 60, 70 kilometers an hour in a powerboat. It's just pretty to watch. It's, it's really, really uh, skillful. Yeah. I, I jumped actually to the boat, uh, to powerboat, and right. I did race. Yeah, yeah I did race with uh, with Jay, and it was amazing. It was so scary, but we yeah, actually you, did you it went over, you went over the weir, didn't you? That was Williamson weir. That was uh, that's a big drop. That's one of the biggest on the whole thing. That you're a very brave girl, especially jumping in a boat with Jay. Well, yeah, I tried to uh, actually compete with Jay on uh, Avondesen boat or Pavadingi. For me, that was a huge experience. That means I know how that feels and I know it's crazy and it's scary, but it's, it's really great adventure and probably challenge that you need to overcome to go through wide water. Yeah, it certainly is. I mean, uh, what happened as a result of uh, the Avon and these other races, I, I did a lot of expeditions. I think we did 26 at, uh, all around Australia. I did um, 1982, I did uh, three and a half thousand kilometers down the Darling River. That was the first time the full length of the Darling River had ever been navigated. And it's the longest boat journey ever made in Australia. We did uh, the Murray River over east, um, two and a half thousand k's down that, did that a few times. Um, the Murrumbidgee, the Lachlan, the Gascoigne, the Murchison, the Blackwood, uh, the Preston, the Collie, um, various different rivers all over the place. They weren't, weren't races. We were just trying to navigate from uh, the the source of the river um, yeah. to, to, the, to the mouth. Uh, and they were great, great trips, but all people, well, mostly people that had, uh, had started um, the adventures with the Avon Descent. Yeah, that's another of your hobby, or <laughs> I don't know how to even call it, because you run a lot of expeditions, a lot of traveling. You have adventures, websites, and uh, you're running trips. And uh, I know there was like 64 road trips, even more, I guess. That was probably by now, that was much more. And uh, you mentioned Pavadingi expeditions and, and actually road trips or like trying to really explore the rivers. But I know there was motorcycle trips you did, yes, yeah, um, yeah. a few of them. And, um, and I know you travel so much and I think there was like 38 or 40 trips uh, to like 25 countries. That means no, you're really... 
I think it's 31 countries. It doesn't matter. But one of the motorcycle yeah. trips we did was um, uh, in the Negev Desert in Israel. And uh, this, I recall overlooking the Dead Sea. Um, that was a fantastic trip. Another motorbike trip. Um, my mate George and myself were heading up to Cape York. Never got there. I fell off my bike in a, in a bulldust hole and did a giant uh, tank slapper in this bulldust hole uh, out on the edge of the Simpson Desert. The bike fell on top of me and I, I broke my leg. Spent the night out in the desert um, with a broken leg. And then uh, George rode into the station, got the, you know, they come out and got me. The flying doctor flew me back into Alice Springs and, and then I um, wow. had to make, make my way home. But um, yeah, look, I was never much of a, a motorbiking guy, so I gave up the motor. I still got that motorbike that broke my leg, actually. I still got it. Uh, ridden it a few times, not many. Temporary Australian, if you're on a motorbike. Uh, yeah, I can see. I can. See yeah, I can see you more on uh, on the trips that you're running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. camping and. But what was that uh, India? I think it was 2010 that you you were. There was their cross country rally. What is what is that one? That yeah, was the competition. I went over or? to India in 2008 um, to race in a, a rally over there called Desert Storm, and our vehicle got lost on the high seas, so we had to uh, lease another vehicle. So yeah, we didn't do too well. We we got fifth, I think. Yeah. Uh, so we went back again in 2008 to do a thing called the Daction Dare, which is a cross-country rally. Yeah. And uh, we had a, a vehicle this time. We won that. That was pretty good. That was in southern India, uh, down in Kerala, Kerala um, uh, Bangalore. And, uh, yeah, well, that was great to go over there and win. Um, plus, you know, India, I don't, uh, I'm not a big fan of India, but it, it is certainly diverse and, and it, it's... Yeah. Uh, an assault on your senses but uh, yeah just one of the countries i think i think it's 31 countries i've been to traveling around uh, i've been there three times to india yeah i know i know there are some jet races as well like like you just you were involved in so many races my, my question is probably how uh, what was the that decision that you started to do all those things like adventure and what, why why was that I don't know. It was, uh, it was just, well, to me, it was a natural progression. I, I, I like forward driving. I like getting out there. I wanted, and I wanted to have a reason for doing things. Um, you know, I don't just uh, drive over sand dunes or go down to the beach just for, I, I do, but not, not, yeah. not that often. Like a lot of people just go down to the beach and they're forward drive or go dunning or go up the, what they call the Mundaring track, you know, just to test their vehicle. Yeah. I'm more into four wheel drive touring and, and, and having a reason for going out bush and, one of the uh, one of the things that I've been doing for quite some years now is, is following an early explorer named C.C. Hunt, who uh, he actually paved the way for uh, the prospectors to get to Kalgoorlie, Kulgadi, Kalgoorlie to find all the gold. He, he made wells uh, 30 years before they went out there and find, uh, found the gold. He was looking for pastoral land, not gold. So I've been following him for, for many years, 30 years or so, and We've been fixing up his wells, maintaining them. Yeah. Uh, so every time we go bush, well, not every time, but, uh, you know, there's, there's a reason we go out there to, to uh, look at his track, find his track, find his wells, look after the wells. So we, we try to have a reason for, uh, for going uh, four-wheel driving. You know, when I was doing the, yeah. the, the boating expeditions to start with, of course, they were, were trying to break records or, or be the first to ever do the, the river. Yeah. Um, the Murchison River, for instance, it, it took me, uh, uh, I think, eight expeditions until we found the, the source of yeah. the Murchison River. And we, we've now pinpointed it. Uh, and we've done 500 and, 530, I think, 545 kilometres of, of the Murchison River. Um, but, yeah, plus we've found the source of the Murchison. And it's... it's a, it, rivers are of interest to me. I, I just find them, you know, they're, they're, they're the lifeblood. Uh, it starts somewhere and it flows, you know, all the way to the ocean, not just in Australia, but or not very often in Australia. They're, they're so, most uh, Australian rivers are ephemeral. Um, but, you know, throughout the world, you can see life all along the river. The Mekong is an interesting river, you know, yeah. where I, I forget the figure, but it's huge, the, the amount of um, uh, protein that comes out of that river. So rivers have always fascinated me. And, and in, um, I, I wrote a book uh, called Rivers of the Kimberley, um, 109 rivers up there, you know, 109 watercourses termed rivers. But when I wrote, started writing that book, I think we knew information on 10 of them. 
11 of them maybe. Um, so there's, there's, even right now today, most rivers in, in uh, Western Australia, and I would expect in Australia, we don't know the, precisely where they start and where they finish. Uh, we've got a name. Um, so, you know, that was a, an interest of mine, trying to find the source of these rivers, a lot yep. of these rivers. Uh, that's where I started there. And then, um, yeah, I, as you said, with the, with the power boating, um, it's exciting and all the rest of it. And it's, uh, it's a young man's game. It's, uh, although there's some <laughs> older guys still racing, but it's tough. It's tough on the body and everything yeah. else. And so I, I, um, I moved out of that into the administration side of things and then yeah. into the motorbike and, and, and four-wheel drive. Yeah, definitely demographics in, uh, in our understand is very interesting because there are people or kids from 16 to actually, I think, 68 or maybe more like that. Really, it's really wide range. Like the demographics is. In, is very interesting. Mm. But I can see that that means you basically start your adventures and you're always doing that with mission. And I guess mission and why it's very important. That's in business as well. That means you always have mission for things that you're doing. And also I can see there's probably some kind of need of uh, legacy, leaving something behind because you wrote the books, yeah. you tried to do these marks, you know, where, where the river starts and I guess you're changing the map. I believe that's, that's pretty huge uh, yeah. achievement for some people and I guess for you as well because it's amazing. Not, you know, people usually don't have those interests anymore. Well, I, uh, with, with my interest in bush, I've been going out bush um, since I was about 10, I suppose, a long, long time. And, and over time, I, I developed an interest in uh, explorers. And, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of controversy over explorers, you know, the way that they, they uh, went about their task. Um, but uh, from my perspective, uh, I have many heroes, um, some of the great explorers. And with uh, Peter Bridge from Hesperian Press, we started the West Australian Explorers Diaries Project back in the year 2000, so 20 years ago now. And our aim uh, is to publish every explorer's diaries from right back when Western Australia was settled. So far, we've done 15 volumes. Uh, we've got four in preparation. So these are quality, hard, um, hardcover books, generally 500 to 600 pages. It's, it's one of the only projects anywhere in the world where this has been done. It should be done by, by government, but uh, it's been done truly by volunteers. Um, yeah. We've still got a long way to go. Uh, with Pilbara volume is coming out soon, uh, Kimberley volumes, two of them, maybe even three coming out soon. Yeah. Uh, we've, we've got a huge body of work, um, as I said, 15 volumes. And that, that's certainly a legacy. Um, there's, there's stuff in there that, that uh, it's seminal to the, uh, to the foundation of, of this state, the history of this state. Uh, there's stuff in there that, that is so important for native title. Uh, because it's it was the first time it was it was people going out there for the very first time. So yeah, that, that that's an interest of mine, and 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 it, um, uh, as you say, I, I hadn't really thought about it like that. But yeah, it's it's you're leaving something behind there. Yeah, you definitely leave something behind. And for me, even when I'm thinking that you spend you know five or six or more years of research of the rivers in Kimberley, when you think about that only that you already going to bring that to people. That means if I will travel next time, because I still want to visit Kimberley, and it's, it will be so much easier because I will know, you know more about the country and about that part of the world. I think that's amazing. But all those amazing things, research you do and, and expeditions you run and uh, crazy sports you were doing and adventure, I know you're really successful and you did a lot in your, your business or career life. And uh, that's why I really want to jump to that because I don't know how you can manage, how you can have time for that. But I know that you were living in different countries as well. I know you were in uh, the US and also had some success there. And uh, I would like to ask you just to probably just give us some kind of overview or, or talk about some big, big probably wins and success in your life. Yeah, well, I've done quite a few things, and not all been successful. I could tell you, it's, it's been. A, a I know you, 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 you were pretty lucky to meet people. I, I saw a few different people that you met in your in your life, and they probably challenged you a lot. <laughs> yeah, well, I, what happened in the early two thousands? I uh, got involved with a, um, a franchise business, and we were the, the, the franchise master franchises, and 
um, we were the biggest selling franchise uh, operation going at the time. Anyway, I, uh, I met um, the, the, the lawyer that they had and he and I hit it off, we got on well and we both decided that we'd leave this company. We didn't uh, want to proceed with them. So uh, my, my friend Ian, Ian uh, and myself, we uh, went to America and we set up uh, a financial, financial business. We're doing collateral enhancement and proof of funds, and it's not really done in, in Australia. And our proof of funds, you know, a lot of people would, would know proof of funds for immigration purposes, but what we were doing it for was uh, collateral enhancement. We were dealing with uh, SBLC, standby letters of credit, bank guarantees, uh, all sorts of financial instruments. And, and done properly, it's a very useful tool um, it can it can be the genesis of, of uh, a great business, but you know there's so many crooks and con men and shysters and thieves and other pond scum involved in that um, business that we 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 were in it for most of the um, uh, yeah, most of the noughties, uh, but we got out. Uh, I was very lucky that um, I, I was working uh, with Ian. He's a he's a lawyer, Australian lawyer. A barrister and you know there, there's one little bit of advice if you're going into business try to do it with a lawyer it really very very helpful um yeah, very we, did well. <laughs> <laughs> we did well we, we we made some money and lost some money we we, we played around with forex the forex market and we decided that the uh that wasn't worth it for the risks that we were we were taking yeah we made money but um, Probably to clarify there, because I know there were not just some money. I know that we're talking about millions of dollars. Like there, there are huge amounts of money. I just, I just want to be sure people understand. Like it's not that you were a financial broker working for, I don't know, for the bank, you know, and and uh, doing some s small transactions. But there were huge things. Probably in a simple way. When you explain that maybe to to our audience, because I'm not sure that is probably when it's not common in Australia, it will be great to understand it if you connected big companies together or what was the maybe the the main reason of the business. Well, people would would, would come to us, you know, for for a proof of funds which we would supply. Now, you know, if they wanted ten million dollars proof of funds, you know, it was just as easy for us to do a hundred million dollars. So, yeah, uh, the same amount of work. Um, and obviously the, our fee percentage-wise was, was the same, so we'd, we'd obviously make more actual dollars when, uh, for, the, for the larger amount. Uh, but the biggest problem, most of them didn't have any money. They wanted something for nothing. They knew about this service and they wanted something for nothing. And as I said, there was a lot of crooks in the game. We had to be very, very, we had our procedures to make sure that we never got um, conned. We got close a few times. Uh, there was one guy that was impersonating me for a while um, online, but, um, yeah, I, I, I'm not going to go into the procedure of how you get a proof yeah, of funds yeah. or anything, but uh, it was it was uh, big money. We we tried to go for the larger amounts, and and after a little while, it was um, it, it's it, it's a um, it was turned it was getting into be a, a dark shady business, and it's something that I and and Ian, neither of us wanted to be in it. We we were too straight for it, basically. Yeah. Um, we, we were doing the right thing and, and, and we always performed. Never, ever did we not perform. If, if yeah. someone qualified to get a proof of funds from us, every single time we performed. Uh, yeah. But then down the track, uh, those people what they were dealing with wouldn't perform and it would come back on us. So we got out of the business. Uh, we were quite happy with the way we uh, performed, the way we um, acted in the business. But there was too many tears for other people. So we got out of it. Um, and basically retired. I, I started, uh, I got involved in doing some uh, exporting coal out of Indonesia. Um, look at that. I, I did that for a little while. I, I made more money there out of the uh, Forex trans. Uh, <laughs> the, um, we did a few Forex transactions. I made more money there. Anyway, I left that. But uh, yeah, I was doing a lot of little different things. Uh, and um, I'm, I'm looking now, uh, in, again, in the US, the US is, is just huge compared to Australia, the population, there's more going on there. Uh, there's uh, more opportunities. And yeah. so that, that's where my focus is at the moment. Yeah, I, yeah, I know you plan to go back and, and break a little bit there again on the business, but how did you actually meet Ian? He was your friend or, or 
how did you connect with you know business partner overseas because that's very interesting when you're in australia and he's in the us well at the time he wasn't in the us he, he was the lawyer for this uh, uh franchise company that i got involved oh, okay. with and uh we, we we butted heads to start with because uh but then he realized what i was all about and we got on really well and then um uh, we bought a bus company and um I decided uh, I recommend it to look, get out of this bus company. You know, anytime you've got wheels going around, pistons going up and down, it's just maintenance and everything else. So we got out of that, um, and then went to uh, went to the US. And he, he'd done that many many years before. Um, he'd done a similar type thing. So we went over and just um, rinsed and repeat. Uh, so yeah, that's how I met him. He, he was uh, at the time a Sydney lawyer, um, but he's now living in the states. And, um, you know, we've, I've been dealing with him uh, for, we, we, we didn't lose touch, but we, we, did, we went our separate ways um, from about 2010 onwards, 2009, 2010. And last, about three years ago, we sort of got back uh, together, but I had some serious health issues um, then, which is one reason why I stepped down from the Avon descent. And he wanted me to get involved with him uh, in doing business loans and I said yes but then uh, I, I was uh, not able to think straight because of all these painkillers that I was on etc uh, and it's probably only been the six months ago that I was uh, you know got got it all back together again and, and, and able to function properly in a business yeah. environment um, so we're looking at uh, business loans in in, um, in the US and uh, you know that, that's all pretty exciting I mean they're in a world of trouble over there at the moment with COVID-19, but uh, they, you know, they'll go into recession, but they'll come back out of it and, and there'll be a huge demand for uh, um, access to, to finance to, yeah. um, to get themselves out of trouble. So yeah. that's, that's where we're trying to get, it's very difficult uh, working. He's, he's in LA, I'm in Perth. It's 15 hours difference, so your, your window, to, you know, to to work uh, together is is very small. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're, we're getting there, and, and um, I, I think it's it's quite exciting. Um, a lot of challenges, but I think, and this is where I, I've noticed you, Alex, what you're trying to do in in, in your life and your business, and is is to help people, um, coaching them whatever way, helping them in business, but. Um, as I said, I, I, I had a lot of challenges health-wise uh, and I'm only sort of getting my act together maybe six months ago. And, uh, you know, when, when, when things are down, you could get very depressed and you think, oh, it's, it's all over, I can't do this and everything else. And that all happened to me. Um, you know, we, we hear it all the time, never give up, all this sort of stuff. But that, that's all very important. But what... I'm finding that that's invigorating me is is you've got to have a mindset. You've got to have the right mindset. And 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 uh, I don't know. I think it might have been you that uh, told me, you know, some, that what I'm doing is is nothing new. There's uh, Napoleon Hill. I think you it was you was done this, but I haven't read Napoleon Hill. Um, it's 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 just I, I'm focusing on on believing that I've done it already, you know, and I think. Uh, top level af athletes do this they visualize yes uh, that they've already cleared the bar they've already done the 100 meters in 10 seconds you know they've already done it uh, they visual or they visualize them doing it a, a pole vaulter I, I, maybe i'm wrong but you know i've never been it, it is important that's why I, I wanted to go there because i know you had a lot of setbacks and i know that you had neck injury or broken neck I know that was uh, when you had problem with your eyes and now yeah. i know when i actually like i, I was going through your knee surgery basically we were together we've been together and i know how you felt and how down you were and and, and i know how you are growing now and, and you're going back to yourself and that's probably very important like you said you know like you, you're using a few different strategies or, or methods or tools that work for your works for your mind or your mindset or they create some kind of feelings you know around yourself because that's i think important important is to understand that, that our thought are actually um evoking emotions and feelings yeah I'll, I'll just go back a little bit there when um 
because you reminded me of something. I, when I came off my motorbike, I, I broke my leg and then a little while later, a year later or something, I broke my neck. And then another year after that, I, I had a detached retina. So, you know, pretty serious sort of stuff. And by far and away, those three things, detached retina was worse. But, but when you break your neck, that, that uh, makes you think <laughs> yeah. um, about a whole lot of things, you know, because you, you don't know if you're going to be, a, uh, in my case, a quadriplegic. You know, it, it takes a, a few, that was a few weeks before I was, I'm perfectly all right. I've got no, um, no uh, lasting effects from that. But that changes, you know, makes you sort of more aware of the fragility of life and um, makes you more thankful for what you do have because uh, you know, I got out of it okay. A lot of people obviously don't and do end up as paras or quads. So yeah. I was very thankful for that. But then, um, as you said, I had some high problems later, but uh, yeah, I had a, a knee operation that went wrong and I was on a lot of drugs and, uh, and then I had to have a second one to fix it. And, you know, it's only been six months uh, ago, I suppose, that I'm, I'm starting to uh, get back to my normal self. And I, I, I sort of judged it a number of ways. I, I do logic puzzles to, to see and I time myself. Yeah, I to know, see. you exercise your brain. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. keep your it, brain active, see if, see if you could still do the puzzles in the same time that I did previously and also writing contracts or agreements um, I, I think it's it's a bit like mental juggling you have to keep five or six or seven balls in the air at once I, I just couldn't do it um, they actually say that the, the jugglers have a really great brain because that's mm. really good for exercising yeah I, I couldn't do it I, I couldn't think um, properly to, to write an agreement to keep you know, if this happens, that happens, if that happens, this has to happen, et cetera, et cetera. And then, um, you know, it was just uh, brain fog. I had, uh, I've heard women tell me it's like baby brain and all this sort of stuff. And it was just all these painkiller drugs that I was on. Anyway, yeah. I, I got off them, but then it takes you quite a number of months after you stop them to get back. And uh, then one day I started to be able to write an agreement up and I could start to think of these things independently. I thought, hey, this is good. I'm <laughs> I'm back. Um, so yeah, now I'm, I'm, um, you know, getting more involved with Ian, um, yeah, to, to get this business going, but it, it sort of came to me over a few weeks. It's just this mindset. If we're going to make this work, you've got to think that you're there already. You know, you've got to make believe that, that you're rich already. Yeah. Um, now, okay. I might fail in, in, in this task in this, in this aim, but, you put yourself in there and say, you know, I'm, I've done it already. Yeah. And I remember when I, uh, back in 1981, when we did the, uh, the uh, Murray River expedition, yeah. it was, we broke the record. We more than halved the, the previous record. And I remember sitting on the bank uh, with Dave Whitney and myself, and, and we'd been planning this for 12 months, and we were sitting on the bank just below Hume Weir. And I said to Dave, I said, look, we've already got this record. It's done. I said, all the planning, we've got everything. There's nothing that can go wrong here. We've done everything. All we've actually got to do is drive down the river. And that was fact, you know. Yeah. Um, I think he I, called, I, he calls that uh, auto-suggestions. Like you can basically work uh, for your brain and you really can imagine the things that are already done. And you, you try to put all senses into that. That means you try to really feel it thinking about what you will talk to people, how you will talk to people, we will talk to, like basically put yourself into that situation that is all done. Yeah. It's, yeah. And, and, you know, like I haven't got there yet. I mean, over the, over the time I've, uh, um, you know, I've made some money, I've lost a lot of money, I've made a bit more, lost it. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not uh, super wealthy by any means. And, and even though I'm, I'm telling myself I am, that I've, I've, I've been there and successful because you have to have this positive, mindset you know and and you know i listen to to guys that that are successful that that you know have made it you know guys like um jim simmons simons i should say you know from renaissance um big big hedge fund um ray delio i think the, the biggest hedge fund in yeah. the world um another one that uh, i think is uh chemeth uh Chimuth. Palahapatia. Now that guy, look, people listen to him. He's just, he's absolutely brilliant and he's down to earth, you know. He's a billionaire, but uh, 
I, I listened to one doing, they said, what are you doing in, in the lockdown? He said, oh, I just cleaned up around the house, cleaning the toilets, you know? <laughs> he's a billionaire, he's not too proud to go and clean the toilets. Um, but the stuff he talks about, it just makes all makes sense to me. Um, yeah, so Shemath or Chamath, Kalahapatiya, uh, and Jordan Peterson's another one. Take responsibility. Yeah, you know? I'll listen. Yeah, Jordan Peterson is really good. That's yeah, all. take responsibility. That, that's I, I believe in that, you know, um, responsibility. I mean, Jocko Willink, yeah. uh, Navy SEAL, you know, he extreme ownership. Take responsibility. You did it, you own it. Um, these guys, you know, they, they, they I was just listening to him this morning. Was Jocko, yeah. yeah, it was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But, it, but I, uh, I just want to go back to that because you, you mentioned that the auto suggestion is very important or it's important to believe. Of course, we have to have belief. But the second thing is, I know you are wealthy with already what you know, what you do, and you know, with your legacy. I think it's just amazing amount of things that you you have done and you experience in business as well and in your life. But also, I can tell how I saw you to go out from that uh, setback when you had the, the knee uh, surgery and and you've been on drugs. Like I, I know how hard you were actually working, and I think not a lot of people have that. And maybe for someone who is going through surgeries or, or any anything they need to take, uh, I would say probably some pills, you know, they're not the best for you or any painkillers. I think it's really good to to believe that that's not you because you believe that that's not me. Like I know my brain doesn't work properly and, and you were aware, aware. And I think to build that awareness, even if you're on drugs, you know, just to really, like you were mirroring yourself, like you were always executing what you do. And you were always telling me that, uh, look, I, I can't think, I can't focus. I'm aware, like I, I can't do, I can't finish the things. When I, when I start to do things, I can't finish that. Like one task you couldn't, you know, you were not able to finish, but you were really building that awareness. You were, you were talking about that and you really tried to fix that, fix that different ways. And I think that consistency in business or in setbacks or anytime when we have that, that consistency is the only thing that you can actually do and will help you to go out from any crisis or, or any setback. Well, I mean, I was on opioids, I was on uh, yeah. bad drug police. You, had, you had a fun, I know. Lyrica, now Lyrica was the, the one that makes you, uh, this is exactly yeah. what you were talking about, Lyrica makes you suicidal. Now, really weird because, uh, you know, this, this drug is causing me to, to have suicidal thoughts. And then my other self is saying, don't be stupid, I'm not going to kill myself. But the Lyrica, <laughs> uh, definitely I had many or well, at least six times, maybe a bit more, uh, suicidal thoughts. But as I was having them, I'm saying, no, no I'm not going to kill myself. And uh, it, it, it's, it's a very dangerous and difficult drug to get off. Uh, so it's Plexia, the opioids, the tramadol, yeah. you name it, I've done it. Yeah, but, it, but that's the thing. We, we made research, like we, we read a lot like together about that as well. You know, like we, we actually we were looking for, for forums and for any kind of source of information about the, the drugs that actually doctors prescribed you. What I couldn't believe, honestly. Like for no, me- you, you know, you were so hopeful. You were, you were like a rock to me and um you know I, I i wasn't in a good place or a good space and well it wasn't me um and and certainly you helped me um get through that uh with the research that you just talked about you know um uh, but also just being there being a friend and uh someone to talk to it's very lonely when you know you you're on these things but anyway that, that's that's in the past i mean i got through it yeah. um uh, unfortunately uh, a lot of people don't um, and I just say to people, if you're ever in a situation when the doctor prescribes Lyrica and there's other names for it, just don't do it. It's, it's a very efficacious drug. It actually does what it is meant to do, but uh, it, it hooks you. And um, uh, yeah, it, it has some really, really bad side effects and it's very difficult to get off. You can't just get off it, otherwise you, you die. You've got to come down very slowly. So just don't get on it in the first place. Um, but yeah, you, Alex, you helped me so much. During that period, um, hopefully I uh, I never have to go back and uh, do that. It's it, it was it was in a, I was in a, uh, a dark yeah. place. Yeah, you're not going back. Yeah, definitely, no, no. definitely. Your next plans uh, are in US, and and you building up another business. Mm. I mean, for me, that's very inspirational. Or you are inspiring me always because you actually even when you have setback or you have hard year. You just, you know, wake, wake up, stand up and just go for it and go for another chance or just see things in front of you. And I think that's very important that people should see 
there are opportunities, even, you know, after crisis or during the crisis, there are always opportunities in the world. And, and I like you're the, you are the one from, you know, not all the people that will just grab the chance and you just do that. I think that's important. And you also, yeah. I think, I think a lot of times you, you don't realize you're doing it. Like, I mean, uh, when I did the Darling Descent, it was, it was tough. I was 27. I had guys who were 46 on the trip. Uh, things were going wrong. One stage, a big flood. We had, had spread of 400 kilometers over New South Wales. And, and you know, the guys wanting to quit. And it was, it was, it was really tough and it was hot, humid. Motors were breaking down. The, the bus we had was breaking down and we couldn't get spare parts. Um, and, and, you know, a lot of people helped me obviously get through it. But, but that sort of, when things are tough like that, you keep going, you know, you, you, you figure things out. And that's a key too, I think, to, to businesses. Uh, well, certainly to, to the trips I did, these expeditions that I did, I had good people, you know. Um, there was nothing we couldn't fix. Uh, one time we, the, the vehicle we were in, uh, the, the injector, um, pipes uh, broke, uh, they, they split. And so out in the middle of uh, near Nullarbor Station. So we had three guys, we had the gear on board to fix them, to weld them up. And we had three guys arguing over who, who was the best welder uh, and who should do the job, you know. And, and each of the three guys probably had good claims to, and, and we fixed it ourselves, but we had good guys. Um, we've always, never ever in all these trips I've done, I, I think what you told me it was 64, there's a lot more than that. That's 64 that I've put on my website, adventures.net.au, but a lot more than that. And never ever have, uh, we've, we've pushed the envelope a few times uh, up in the, uh, the Murchison River. We nearly killed six guys one time when we got stuck in Hardabut Rapids. <laughs> but we've always managed to get ourselves out. And, and the key to that has been, is having good people. And I think in, in business, as I alluded to earlier, you know, get a, get a lawyer in if you're going to go into business. But, you know, this job keeper program that uh, the government's put in place is to keep people there because it's so hard to train up new people or to get new people. You know, you better, if and you've got good people, you want to keep them in, in your yeah. business. And uh, it's more expensive to hire. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But just the skills, the type of people, they know your business, you know, yeah. uh, and that's key. People in, in, in certainly all these trips I did, that, that, I mean, some of the trips were just road trips, you know, just being a tourist. Um, others were, were quite daunting and dangerous you know we, we i did a trip in 1986 where i drove um a couple of mitsubishis from uh, uh townsville uh, across to warra station we drove we called it the capricorn crossing we first people to drive across australia following the tropic of capricorn and you know a lot of challenges we were very remote the vehicles caught fire both at the same talk caught fire what um, year was that do you know 1986 Oh, okay. We're at Windy Corner when the vehicle was caught fire. There was a we made a documentary for Channel Seven. It was on quite a few times, but so yeah, we pushed the envelope on a, quite a few of these trips. You know, of all the sixty or no, probably done a hundred. I don't know exactly how many. A lot of them I've just been a tourist like everybody else. You know, and having a look around, go down to Wave Rock, go and have a look at Ayers Rock, whatever. Um, but others, you know, we, when we're pushing the envelope, and, and if you've got good people with you, and, and something goes wrong, you know, the fridge stops. Hey, lucky to have a fridge. But the fridge stops, all the food's going to go off and some, you know, somebody yeah. worked out, oh, it's only just a fuse, whatever. Um, you know, your, your vehicle breaks down, um, you're remote. If you've got good people, uh, you'll get through. Okay, so that doesn't just happen by accident, having good people. You know, you've got to, yeah. a lot of planning to, to get those good people. Um, and you got to have a little bit of mental toughness, I think, to, to succeed. And, 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 you know, I doubt myself all the time. And, and I think that's normal too. You know, you can't, can't <clears throat> be right all the time. And, and you will have self-doubts. But, uh, you know... That's natural. Yeah. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to be a, a Bill Gates, a Mark Zuckerberg here. You know, they're... they're, they're um, okay, they're, they're maybe in a different league. But you don't have to... To be successful, you don't have to be one of them, you know. You... You can be successful in your own own area, but you you still have to have a an aim, a little bit of toughness. You have to have a, fo a focus on what you're going to do, what you what you intend to do. You have to know what you're intending to do, um, and if if you do that and you give it a good honest shake, you know you, you've got a good chance of, of being successful. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's tough of, um, in business. It's uh, you know um, nobody's going to just 
and give it to you, hand it, hand it to you on a platter. You, you've got to make it happen. It's up to yep. me. If it's going to be, it's up to me. All that sort of stuff. There's, there's all those slogans out there. Um, but uh, you don't have to be a superhero to be successful. I mean, I'm, I'm proof of that. <laughs> um, apply yourself and you, you, can, yeah. you can get it. You know, I'm just I reading. Sorry, I was just reading your, your sign in the background, Secrets to Business Success, you know. Um, I think you, it's consistency, honestly, because when you think about that, if you don't put 10,000 hours into your business, what in normal world is probably altogether two years because it's, I think, around 460 days or something like that. But when you think about that, that's 10,000 hours. That's, the, that's when your business should start to be really successful. And people think... Oh, you know, there are promises out there, you know, like you can do everything overnight or you can get your 70,000 uh, in one month, with mm. especially coaching and consult yeah. and business. And like, this is a big joke, you know, when somebody's offering that kind of um, lie or dream or whatever it is. But I, I believe that consistency, like you said, you, because you said a lot of things like risk and repeat. I really like that in business. Like when you just go there, you risk and you repeat if it's good, you know, and you change when it's not. You have to have plan. And I agree with you need to have great people around. And I think it's also when you don't have or you don't have, um, I don't know, employees or or you don't, you just don't want to contract anyone. You still can't build up that mastermind around yourself you know like that people that you can come and talk to or you can have a mentor or someone or you can you can find so many people like I, i'm speaking with you every second day about business or i'm asking you if what do you think about that because it's always great to have someone that you can ask is, and i guess that's that's your like you said you know to find great people well that's definitely something that is very important and you said keep going and i like that because keep going, you know, anything happen, you just keep going, you just fix it or keep going. Or sometimes you just le left it behind and you just continue because you, nothing should stop you, I guess. You've got to work hard too. I mean, as you alluded to there, you know, there's no, you know yeah. overnight success, 20 years overnight. Who was it that said, uh, you know, the harder I work, the luckier I get. <laughs> and, and, you know, I think you've got to have responsibility. You've got to work hard. Um, Another thing too, I, I believe you've got to have trust. Um, Warren Buffett and, and Charlie Munger, you know, I think they don't have an agreement. They just have a handshake and they've been together for yep. 40 odd years or something. Now, Ian and myself, um, we had a, an account, a, you know, bank account. And it was a one designed basis. You know, we trusted each other, you know, and it, you're either honest or you're not honest, you know, you, you can't be sort of honest. You can't be half pregnant, you know? Um, yeah. And I used to go down there, I'd write out the check. I'd tell him Ian, what, what I was doing. I'd go and write out a check for a couple of million bucks or something. Um, no counter signatory, but uh, you know, so it's very important and, and particularly partners, you know, that's where you get a, a yeah, lot of problems. You, you've got to be trust yeah. the people you're with. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I I think though the the, the key thing there is is you got to have, you got to know what you're doing or intending to do, and then work hard to do it. And you know you can do it. Anybody can do it if they they have a plan. Is it? Yeah. Um, failing failing to plan is planning to fail. <laughs> you have got to have a plan. You got to even if it's written on the back of an envelope. You have got to know. You got to have a, uh, an idea of what you're trying to achieve. Work hard. Um, and and. You know, if you don't know what you're doing, um, ask people, mentor. There's always someone in yeah. mentoring. Or, or hire someone. I guess always yeah. it's also good to, when, when you have a lot of money, when you have a really huge budget for marketing and sales and you can, you know, hire people that can sell for you. That's also another thing that I said. Maybe sometimes you don't need to work that hard. You can work smart, but you need to have really a huge amount of money to invest first year into your business. And I, I guess that's that option. Today, we've got this tool called the internet and you know if you want to know anything we all know this you just just look it yeah. up except the stuff that we're talking about i mean uh people will look it up but uh there, there's yeah sure you can hire someone if you've got the time you go and research it and, and figure it all out for yourself but we we, we certainly are blessed now uh, I, I can remember uh we were heading down to to, to key west in, in in florida and um we went and bought ourselves a, a a modem and fit it in the in the coffee cup holder in the car and we thought it was so amazing that we could get you know the internet while we're, we're driving along in this rental car and uh you know i mean that's 
not that long ago. <laughs> Nowadays, of course, uh, you know, everybody knows what we can do just on our smartphones. Yeah. Um, so, you know, information that is available to, to business people today, is, there's no excuse for, for not yeah. knowing. Um, I agree. And, and as you said, for, for, for hiring people, you know, hiring input, you know, getting the expertise in, um, there's no replacement though for, for doing the hard work. Yeah, I definitely agree. Like I, I can, I can see the difference when I actually learn something even about website. I'm not website build, builder, but I don't want to do it, but it's always good to know something because uh, if you don't know anything, like you can do same thing like I did and I lost like five or six thousand dollars just for a website that was not good because the lady was actually learning on my website and I didn't have any idea how much time she needed for you know particular task but now when I try another one and I can see she can have all done in two or three hours even she's more expensive in an hourly rate she's much faster that means that means actually I didn't spend so much money on that yeah. that yeah. means just don't always look you know for someone who is cheaper or or someone that you trust straight away, just really probably learn something by yourself because that, that was the only thing that helped me, even with Facebook advertisement, Instagram, all, all these posting and social media. I'm not really enjoying to be on social media, but that was the only way how I can understand who is expert or who can actually help me for real. <laughs> yeah, well, what's that saying? That, that uh, he, he knows the price of everything and the value of nothing. Um, so <laughs> That's good, that, yeah. Yeah, you pay. You get what you pay for. Um, yeah. I, I must admit, I don't always follow that advice, but uh, yeah, generally you do. Yeah. Um, it's good when you get a bargain, though. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Kim. Um, I just uh, probably I would say I'm so happy you're back as my friend <laughs> and uh, as my mentor, and now we can have again our conversations. What is amazing, and uh, I'm happy you're Check back in coffee. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have you back in our sand and in your business and you're back on track. That's really great. And I'm really happy that you find some time to spend here with me and uh, we talk about Thank, your Thanks life. for inviting me, Alex. And, and uh, I know your business is, is uh, starting to really take off now too. Um, hopefully you get uh, lots and lots more. You, you've, you've got a lot to offer a lot of people, um, even though you've, you've been here only a few short years. Um, but what you did before uh, you came to Australia, you know, the businesses that you ran in the Bahamas and in, an, uh, in uh, Thailand and, and Europe, um, you know, you've got a lot to offer people. And, and I just hope that they, uh, they come on board to the, the mentoring effect with you. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you. And see you soon. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. See you, Alex. Bye.